Morning. Can you hear me? Okay. Let's get started. It's great to see you. Good to welcome you, especially to extend a welcome to all who are visiting with us this morning. We hope that joining us for worship today will be a blessing to you. If you have a prayer request that you want included in the morning prayer, please raise your hand and one of the ushers will give you a card and if you'll write your request on that card and then return it immediately uh, to the usher, we will appreciate that. Today is Father's Day and I want to express a word of appreciation for all of you dads out there um, for all you've done uh, and are doing to provide a Christian home and I hope today you uh, feel appropriately appreciated and acknowledged. As far as announcements are concerned, Katie Jeter wants to remind us of the drive baseball game that is two weeks from today. I think that's July 3rd. Information is in the bulletin. Uh, you can reserve a ticket by contacting Katie today. Let me give special attention to next Sunday. That will be the first Sunday that our new pastor, Reverend Joe Kate, will be with us. Worship will be both at 9 and 11 as usual. Then following the 11 a.m. worship service, we're going to celebrate Reverend Kate's arrival with a church-wide luncheon that's going to be served here in the Family Life Center. There are details in the bulletin, including what dishes we are asked to bring and to share with others. So please read those details. Our South Carolina Annual Conference met recently in Florence, and our church was represented by our clergy and by Dan and Marion Beige and Marion and um, um, uh, Mike and Ellen Henson. And Mike has been asked to come and share uh, a little bit about the conference, um, the highlights for him, some of the favorite things um, that he experienced. And as he's coming, um, let me indicate that we're planning to provide a written brief summary as well that can be printed in the bulletin. And if you have any comments or questions about the conference, feel free to ask any of us who attended. Mike? Thank you, Dennis. Good morning, all. Hope everyone is well. Happy Father's Day. Um, I'd like to provide some of the, this is kind of a summary of the highlights from the annual conference that, um, as Dennis just said, Marion and Don Beige and Ellen and I attended uh, the first week of June the 7th through the 11th down in Florence, South Carolina, right before the uh, heat wave came through Florence. Um, we were honored to represent you at this annual conference, and I thought that it would be appropriate for us to give you some of the highlights of the uh, conference. Um, this is our first time attending the conference, so for us it was a new experience, but it was uh, one of the um, most e emotional, worshipful experiences I've had in a long, long time. So thank you for allowing me the opportunity to participate in the annual conference. Our annual conference is led by the Bishop Jonathan Holston, who uh, provided excellent leadership. It's, uh, this was a voting conference, and uh, as you might imagine, with the different votes that took place, uh, his leadership had guided us through those votes and made it, to be honest with you, seem fairly easy. Um, he preached the opening service in which the, he used the conference theme of becoming disciples God can use. And we heard that phrase often at our, com at our conference, becoming disciples God can use. That was how he tasked us to participate in this conference. And then um, he used the phrase, could you ask for anything more as part of his um, his, pre, his, um, his lesson. If you haven't seen Bishop Holson or seen him online, he is very enthusiastic and I promise you he energized the attendees 
by the end of his preaching, everybody was up and clapping, and uh, it, was, uh, it was a pretty awesome uh, experience. Paul Harmon, who is the Spartanburg District Superintendent, led daily Bible studies, and he used Luke, Matthew, and Isaiah as sources for lessons about the excuses that disciples that were with him as well as us used for not following Jesus. Also, when the disciples asked who would be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus called a child to stand among them and told the disciples that they and we must become like little children and humble themselves to become the greatest in, in uh, heaven. During the studies, he poignantly reminded us that all children are ours. <laughs> to me, the most meaningful um, experience was the um, commissioning and ordination service. Um, it was um, just very meaningful. We sat in a large uh, conference center and our families and friends stood quietly as their son or daughter was ordained as either an elder or a deacon of the church. It was especially meaningful to see Bishop Holston pray over these persons and then add quietly a personal comment to each of these uh, young men and women who are our pastors of our state. Um, this was a very moving service to me. Communion was offered Mondays through Thursday morning, Ellen and uh, mornings. Ellen and I attended the Thursday morning communion service because it had a very special appeal to us. Uh, that communion service was delivered by Andrew Roy Wolf. I hope that name sounds familiar to some of you. And Andrew's wife, Paige. Both were ordained um, earlier in the week. Uh, Andrew attended Memorial as a youth and is the son of Nancy and Roy Wolf. And I remember Andrew when he was a short little kid with curly hair. He's now taller than me. And he gave um, a sermon that was just unbelievable. Um, I came up, I went up and hugged him and told him that we were very proud of him. And uh, he represents us. Uh, he has two churches over in Spartanburg. So um, this is also an election year. And Susan Leonard Ray, who grew up at Memorial, was elected as a laity, as a clergy delegate to the General Conference. An event was held um, at the conference called Stop Hunger Now. Uh, resulted in the packaging of more than 285,000 meals. After those meals were packed, they were shipped to Uganda. Don, Marion, and Ellen worked at this event to support this uh, meet, very meaningful activity. One of the other things I really loved were the many hymns that were sung. It was especially moving to hear the voices of over 1,000 attendees singing in the conference center, praising God in music. Um, the Africa University Choir sang, and they sing in different languages a number of times, including providing a concert on Wednesday night. <clears throat> Not many sat still as they sang. They are very, very fun to listen to. They sang Amazing Grace a cappella, and I promise you there were very few dry eyes when they finished in the, con in the center. These are just some of the highlights from this year's annual conference. A speaker at the annual conference described it as church summer camp. I disagree. <laughs> I believe the annual conference is better described as an intense immersion into a spiritual, worshipful, exciting, musical, and, and uh, emotional church service that began on Sunday night and ended Thursday afternoon. The one thing I would encourage you is in a couple of years, the annual conference will be held in Greenville, and uh, you can attend, and I would urge you to do so. If you have any other questions, please see Marion or Don or Ellen or me, and we'd be glad to provide you other um, uh, information about this year's annual conference. Thank you. Please stand and worship with us. When the music fades and all is stripped away and I simply come Longing just to bring something that's a word that will bless your heart. I'll bring you more than a song, for a song in itself is not what you have required. You search much deeper within. Through the way things appear, you're looking into my heart. I'm coming back to the heart of worship in a 
it's all about you it's all about you jesus i'm sorry Lord, for the thing that made it but it's all about you it's all about you jesus king of endless world no one could express how much you deserve Every single breath I'll bring you more than a song For a song in itself Is not what you have required You search much deeper within Through the way things appear You're looking into my heart It's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made it. When it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, it's all about you, Jesus. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I've made When it's all about you It's all about you When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus Thank you for allowing us to come here this morning, meet and worship you. Please be with us all while we spend the time here today to uh, praise you. Uh, please also be with Dennis as he speaks to us and uh, allow your spirit to move through him to bring the message to us this morning. Amen. He was crushed for our sins The punishment that brought us peace Was upon Him By His wounds By His wounds we are healed His peace for our transgressions He was crushed for our sins that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds by his wounds we are healed we are healed by your sacrifice and the life that you gave for our transgressions He was crushed for our sin The punishment that brought us peace was upon Him By His wounds By His wounds we are healed
children come up for the children's moment. Good morning, everyone. Can someone tell me what we are celebrating today? Father's Day, that's right. And it's a fun day. I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to think for a few minutes. When you think about your dad, what is the first thing that pops in your head? Natalie. The U. Hmm. For those of you who don't know, Bill is a big you know, uh, Miami fan. So Daddy likes the U, doesn't he? The beach. The beach. That's a good one, Goldie. He's funny. He's funny. That's good. Loving. Loving. He's kind. That's good. Kevin. He's funny. All of those are great features and characteristics of someone who cares and loves for you, right? And today, um, I want to continue our series of this month that I am allowing you guys to pick the Bible verse and what you want to share and what you want to hear about during church. And I had some special helpers this week. I had to have some help from some mommies and through some emails. But I sent out a whole bunch of verses that are from our Bible that help us in honoring our fathers today. And the three people that helped me were Ryan Foster, Drew Hansen, and Kevin Say. And so I emailed them and they had to pick a Bible verse. And this is the one that Miss Rochelle helped me pick this morning on behalf of Ryan. And it is from Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 9. And it reads, These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So we thank Ryan for that effort. Drew selected this one. It's from Psalms 127, verses 3 through 5. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children, a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth, blessed in the man who, whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. Thank you, Drew, for selecting that one. And the last one, Kevin Say. He selected Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11 through 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord's discipline is those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. Thank you so much for participating and let's bow our heads and pray. Dear Father, you are our all-loving Father for all of your children here on earth. We ask for your guidance so that these verses the children have selected are embedded in their hearts, in their father's hearts, or their caregivers' hearts, so that we lead our lives in your will. In this we ask your name. Amen.
Let us again go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Eternal God, we praise you and honor you. We thank you for your love and for the many blessings that we enjoy. Lead us to share our blessings with those who are less fortunate than we. Our prayers of intercession go out to the families and friends of those who were killed in Charleston this week. Indeed, our prayers go for anyone anywhere affected by violence. Help us to practice love rather than hate. Help us to strive for reconciliation and the understanding of others. Gracious God, we commend to your care the families of our community and nation and world. We pray for each home that it may be a place of peace. We pray especially for our fathers today. We are humbled by their sacrifices and the struggles they have borne because of love for us and our families. Help us to build upon that love that we've received from them and extend our love to those around us. We pray, O oh God, for the United Methodist Churches in our state where changes in pastors will be taking place this week. We pray in particular for Joe Kate and his family who are pulling up roots, leaving friends and a church family, and moving to a new community. May they feel your presence during this transition. We pray for their well-being and for a quick sense of home in this new place. We also pray for our congregation that you would give us an abundance of grace and patience and love. Give us an acceptance of a new parsonage family and a new pastoral leader. May we and Joe soon become united in purpose and in mission. We make this prayer in the name of Jesus, who taught the disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. <clears throat> the scripture lesson for today comes from the Gospel of Matthew. It's chapter 4, verses 20. 3 through 25. Let me I better look at it here rather than try to read it off the wall. Let me ask you to join me as we read it together. Jesus went throughout Galilee teaching in their synagogues preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, the epileptics, and he healed them. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across Jordan followed him. 
This is the word for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Jesus was off and running. The passage we just read points to a sense of movement in the Gospels. Jesus didn't settle down in one place. He traveled all around Palestine. He went announcing the good news of God's kingdom having come. Jesus left the village of Nazareth early in his ministry and he went to Capernaum. And from there, he crisscrossed Palestine several times, teaching, preaching, healing. His primary mission was to the Jews, but he also on occasion found himself among the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and he proclaimed the message to them also. I imagine it would have been easy for Jesus to have just remained in Nazareth. That was his hometown. He knew the people there. They knew him. He was familiar with any local customs that existed. Surely it would have been comfortable for him to have settled down in Nazareth. Nazareth. But Jesus knew that he could not fulfill his mission by staying in Nazareth. After living there about 30 years, his vocation changed. He was no longer to be a small town carpenter. He was Messiah, the Son of God. So with a small band of followers, Jesus went about the country explaining in detail the practical ways that people were to love God and to love their neighbor. After Jesus' death and resurrection and ascension, his disciples followed his example. From Jerusalem, they fanned out in all directions, proclaiming the good news of what God had done in Jesus. They moved from village to village, from city to city. They shared the gospel with as many people as possible. They appealed to both Jews and Gentiles to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. Eventually, that message was taken and spread throughout the Roman Empire to Africa, to Europe, to Asia, and then to the Americas. Today, Christians are found all over the world. Think for a moment about how Methodism spread. It was started by John Wesley in England in the 1700s, and it grew rapidly across that nation. Then Wesley sent some of his followers to our shores to offer Christ to the people here, and they did. Methodist groups were organized and eventually churches were started. As the colonists moved west into the frontier, Methodist ministers on horseback followed them and they started churches wherever the people settled down in the frontier. Those ministers, known as circuit riders, followed the migration as it went west all the way to the Pacific Ocean. And because of those traveling ministers, 
Today, there are United Methodists in every state in the nation and in practically every county. Because of that history and tradition as a denomination, as a rather unique feature to our United Methodism today, that is, we have itinerant ministers. Our preachers are moved around from time to time by the bishop. Whenever such a change like that happens, there are usually some people who are sad to see the preacher go. And usually there are some who say, well, he should have left sooner. Um, I'm reminded of a humorous anecdote that my father once told me. It's one you may have heard. It's about a minister who was talking to a layman and he said that he could please everyone in a church. And the layman was dumbfounded and said, how can you do that? And the pastor said, well, I can please some just by arriving at the church. I can please some during my tenure there, and I'll please the rest when I leave. I happen to believe that the United Methodist way of deploying pastors is a pretty good system. It's not perfect, but no system is. This year, we at Memorial, along with about 100 other United Methodist churches in South Carolina, are going through a change in pastoral leadership. In our case, our outgoing pastor, Joseph Curtis, is not moving to another church. Instead, he's retiring, and the bishop has appointed a successor, Joe Kate, to serve here. So there are a number of Methodist pastors who will be on the move this week. But there are also churches that are on the move. Indeed, we all should be. Maybe the spread of the gospel is not as obvious today as it was in the past when the church started in Jerusalem and then spread around the world. But the gospel is still being spread. For example, one mission of our United Methodist Church is starting new congregations. Our state is one in which the population is increasing at a faster rate than most states. In recent years, in rapidly growing areas of our state, we have started new churches. And in those congregations, it is common for 50% or more of the people who join to be persons who have never been a member of a church. They have accepted Christ for the first time. That way of spreading the gospel has been taking place in churches and towns um, like Fort Mill, uh, Somerville, uh, North Myrtle Beach, and other communities. But the spreading of gospel has been occurring in other ways as well. Let me give just one example. Some 30 years ago, the Methodist bishops in Africa pleaded for our denomination to build a much-needed university there on that continent. After much thought and planning and fundraising, it was done. A United Methodist-supported Africa University was started in 1992 and located in the country of Zimbabwe. Today, students from all over Africa come to that university. And they're trained to be pastors, teachers, doctors, and other professions. As Mike mentioned a few minutes ago, the Africa University was at our session of the annual conference. Um, the Africa University Choir is uh, on tour 
in the United States right now. For me, it was one of the highlights of the annual conference. Not only did they sing, but two of the students gave a testimony to their faith. And it was very emotional. They are enormously grateful to the church. Africa University has enabled them to fulfill their dreams. These students are planning to return to their home countries to serve God and to serve the people of their nations. When at their best, Christians are on the move. When at their best, Christians continue to offer Christ to others and expand ministries to others. The gospel has been entrusted to you and to me. We are stewards of that gospel. We are responsible for communicating the love of Christ, to live it by what we say, and especially by what we do. And as a congregation, we do not want to stagnate. We do not want to grow stale. God is constantly calling us forward in evangelism and in mission and ministry. Recently, the schools had their graduation ceremonies. You may have attended one or more of them. I've been to many commencement exercises over the years. And there are two things that stand out in my mind about those. First, when you have a member of your family or a friend who's graduating, you're proud of them, uh, you're happy for them. But the second uh, thing about those ceremonies is this. They can sure be long and they can be boring. The graduation events I've attended required a lot of patience and the ability to sit long periods of time. Some years ago, I read about a particular college commencement that was held outside. Unfortunately, the day of graduation turned out to be extremely hot and extremely humid. As the graduates trooped across the platform to receive their diplomas, the college president graciously said to each one, Congratulations. But since there was no point in prolonging the ceremonies on such a hot day, the president quickly followed his congratulations with a firm and an impatient keep moving. <laughs> I can see that, can't you? Congratulations, keep moving. Congratulations, keep moving. That is the message that I think is appropriate for our congregation, a congregation that finds itself in the midst of a transition. Congratulations, but keep moving. Memorial, we have a great church. We have a rich past, a wonderful heritage. Congratulations, but keep moving. Let us be energetic and creative in offering the gospel, offering help and hope to others. Memorial, we have received new members into the life of our church. Congratulations. But let us keep moving. Let us share the gospel and invite into our fellowship even those who are not like us. Memorial, we've done well in paying 100% of our apportionments and raising funds for special causes. Congratulations. But let us keep moving 
let us acknowledge our financial blessings and move forward in additional mission works. Memorial, we have a fine child care center, ministries where children are loved and cared for. Congratulations. But keep moving. What needs of other children can we address? Memorial, we have a fine youth ministry. Congratulations. But keep moving. Memorial, we have a fine educational and fellowship ministry with adults. Congratulations. But keep moving. Memorial, we have a fine music ministry. Congratulations, but keep moving. Memorial, we have many fine ministries. We have this, and we're doing this, and this, and this. Congratulations, but keep moving. Let us share the good news of Christ's saving love with as many people as we can, in as many places as we can, as much as we can. Let us do it. Let us do it. Amen. Let us affirm our faith using the words found on our screen. Let us join together. We are not alone. We live in God's world. We believe in God who has created and is creating, who has come in Jesus, the Word made flesh, to reconcile and make new, who works in us and others by the Spirit. We trust in God. We're called to be the church, to celebrate God's presence, to love and serve others, to seek justice and resist evil, to proclaim Jesus crucified and risen, our judge and our hope, in life, in death, in life beyond death. God is with us. We are not alone. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Take your spirit from me. 
Let us go to make disciples for Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The peace, the presence, the power of God will be with us. Amen. week.